Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Rifleman Radio Show on Appleseed Radio. The Rifleman Radio Show is sponsored by the Appleseed Project, which is the sole project of the Revolutionary War Veterans Association. The Revolutionary War Veterans Association is dedicated to teaching the absolute best fundamentals of rifle marksmanship program in the United States today. And while doing so, ensuring that you get a reminder that you get some uh, some lessons on the events of April 19, 1775, who was there, why they were there, what they were doing. That day just happens to be the birth date of our nation. And uh, I think for a lot of folks, when you mention that date today, it, it has absolutely no uh, recognition uh, factor to it. They have no idea what date you're talking about, what it means. <clears throat> Everybody understands what uh, uh, July 4th is. Of course, that's July 4th, 1776. That's the date we declared uh, independence from England so that we could form a more perfect union. <clears throat> but that's not the day our nation began. Our nation began on April 19th, 1775, beginning at uh, Lexington Green, and then a while later at Northbridge and Concord, and finally the rest of the day along Battle Road back to Boston. That's where the nation started. Those are the people 
that we're going to tell you about when you come to an event. And you're going to really enjoy hearing about them. I'm telling you, one of the things that the Appleseed Project is absolutely tremendous at is telling the history of our nation, telling the history of the events of that specific day, and then placing them in context with the events that are occurring now. It's very, very important that you understand history, that you understand uh, what has happened uh, in history, because the the saying, those who do not remember their history are doomed to repeat it, is an extremely accurate one. You see cases of this, uh, you see cases of it every day. And uh, I'm in Texas, and when I talk to the Texas apple seeders, <clears throat> we have a very striking uh, example of those who don't know their history dooming to repeat it. Because in Texas, Texas was a, a colony of Mexico, and uh, uh, less than 50 years after the American Revolution, the colonists in Mexico wanted their rights under the Mexican Constitution. They didn't want to have a revolution. They didn't want independence. They simply wanted their rights under the Mexican Constitution. Uh, I'm sure that, uh, that you can see the parallels in uh, the two stories. Now, Santa Ana, he didn't know his history. He didn't read his history because what he decided was that the best way to deal with this was to go and confiscate the arms and munitions from the colonists. He figured that that would put an end to it. That would teach those guys. And he ended up with the same results that Gage achieved on April 19, 1775. I'm sure somewhere, uh, somewhere there along the road, uh, to Gonzales, somewhere along the road to the Alamo, there was a uh, a Texas colonist sitting on their front porch behind a breastworks of shingles whose family had tried to get him to leave, and his response to them was, No, I'm going to remain here because a Mexican home is his castle. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly what he said. The colonists weren't seeking independence on April 19, 1775. They were, they were lobbying and protesting for their rights under the British Constitution. The colonists in the Texas colonies were not seeking revolution. They were seeking their equal rights under the Mexican Constitution. But Santa Ana didn't read his history. And because of that, and you got the same results that Gage got. So your history is very, very important. If I were to come up to you and I would say, and and say you had just uh, you had just popped onto the earth, or you had just woken up from a coma, whatever, and uh, you didn't know anything except your your first name, and I asked you, uh, I asked you what your name was, and you can only tell me, well, my name is, uh, my name is is Bill, and 
I would say, what? Well, who were your who were your parents? And you would say, well, you know, I I don't know. Well, who are your grandparents? And once again, you would have to say, I, I yeah, I, I really don't know. Well, what have you been doing uh, with your life, man? I, I wish I could tell you, but I just don't know. Well, what are you going to do with your life then? You got me, man. I I I have no idea what I'm going to do now. If you don't know your history, if you don't know who you are or what you've done, how are you going to know what you're going to do? How are you going to know what works and what didn't work? How are you going to know what you should do? Well, if you come to an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship event, we're going to help you figure that out. We're going to tell you about the beginning of American history, about the beginning of this nation and the events on April 19th, 1775. And we can't tell you all 235 years of the of the history between then and now. We could, but it, it would take us about 235 years, and then we would be 235 years behind again. But what we can do is we can get you started on your own. You shouldn't have to... Uh, once we've given you a, a good dose, a good taste of American history and reminded you about your obligation to know your history, understand your history, it's a rich history, a very rich, exciting, romantic, adventurous, courageous history in this nation. We have some of the most absolutely uh, dashing heroes, the most beautiful heroines, the the most romantic and brave uh, men and women in this time period, and it's well worth your time to learn about them. Usually every week I'll put up uh, on the the uh, the show page, I'll put up books that I've read that, uh, that I feel are, are well worth reading, and uh, and I'll rotate the, the different books that they have through there, the Blog Talk has a, a way that I can uh, I can link and show books from Amazon. They have some kind of a deal with Amazon, so usually that's what I do. Is I'll search through, I'll I'll, I'll go through the books of uh, the list of books that I've read, and I'll put it up on there, and uh, for recommended reading, and uh, and usually I won't list a book unless I've read it or uh, or unless somebody has just told me about it, and even then, usually I uh, I will usually read the book before uh, I will put it up for you guys to uh, to put on there, to listen to, or to read. Uh, and of course we have the, <coughs> the standard book for this week is Paul Revere's Hyde, that's right, that's the David Hackett Fisher book in... Uh, that's the that's the RWVA, the Appleseed Project Manual, and uh, and I can tell you the reason why is because <clears throat> the uh, the book has the most uh, it covers the events of that day in more detail than any of the other books I've read. Now you should always be checking out alternative books. You should always be reading uh, different books about the uh, 
the events of that day and about the eight years after and all the way up to to current day. But there are a lot of books about the events of that day, and each one is like a slice of the pie. Each one is a, a slightly different take on what happened that day. And and certainly after a while of reading it, you can see that uh, that different folks have different uh, they have different agendas at times that they're trying to push. And the David Hackett Fisher book is one of the best uh, that I've read that doesn't uh, that isn't pushing some type of revisionist agenda, or that uh, they didn't get in a rush uh, and try to uh, uh, to push past that day to get to the rest of the story. Uh, the events of April 19, 1775, and the before and after, the immediate before and after, are covered very well in that book. <clears throat> but at the same time, I'll tell you that uh, uh, any good instructor uh, doesn't get all of their history from one source. They don't get all of their mentoring. They don't get all of their uh, uh, all of the tricks of the trade on becoming an apple seed instructor from one source. Uh, you're going to have to go to uh, different apple seed events, work under or work with different instructors, different shoe bosses so that you can continuously learn and hone your your craft that way. And you should be reading different books by different authors on uh, the events of April 19th. And then don't stop there. Keep working your way forward through it, because as I said at the beginning, if you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. And Shakespeare will tell you, and he he didn't even get this originally himself, that there is nothing new under the sun. I mean, there's nothing that someone hasn't tried before. There's nothing that somebody hasn't done before or thought of or said, etc., etc. There's different ways of doing it. So if you know your history, you've got a really good chance at... Uh, and making ta- and having a better shot at not repeating it than uh, someone who doesn't. <clears throat> All right, I'd like to welcome everyone to the uh, the show this evening, and uh, we'll get started with the uh, the upcoming events. That's going to be the events of the July 31st and 1st weekend. Now, <clears throat> I told you last week and uh, the week before and the week before and. Uh, a hundred weeks before that, that you can't expect to always walk up to a uh, an apple seed event, to an apple seed line, and just plop down the line and start shooting. Uh, these things are uh, they're getting uh, they're getting sold out, and uh, Hawk Haven has been sending me a list of sold out shoots every week. And uh, I'm going to read you uh, the sold-out shoots as soon as I get through here with this list, so you'll know. And uh, so how are you going to get around that? How are you going to figure out how to get to an Appleseed event and not end up on the sold-out list? Well, here's what you do. You go to rwva.org. That takes you to the homepage. On the homepage, 
there's a list of tabs uh, across the top of the page. Go to the one that says Appleseed. Put your cursor on that, and uh, right under that is Schedule. Click on Schedule, and that will take you to the page that I'm on now. <clears throat> this page will list the events by the uh, by the coming by the current weekends. Uh, this the list now starts with July 31st and 1st weekend, and it'll go alphabetically by the cities. So what you do first is you decide on a location that you would like to attend an event at. Once you've decided, just to the right of that are two hot links. One says information. The information link will let you know, uh, give you the directions, all the, the, the information that is specific to that event. Uh, who's running the event, where it's going to be at, when it starts, uh, any special rules, regulations, laws, uh, the, uh, a map, uh, contact information, etc. Then right under that is a link that says register. Now if you click on that link, that will take you to the uh, Eventbrite page. And Eventbrite does our registrations for us. So if you want to make sure that you have a place on the line at an upcoming Appleseed, and listen, folks, if you're thinking about coming to an Appleseed event, don't just think about it. Do it. And if you're going to do it, pre-register for it. So you go to rwva.org. That's the home page. Go to the uh, tabs up on top. One says Appleseed. Put your cursor on that. You'll get a drop-down menu. The next one says Schedule right under it. Click on that. That will take you to the Schedule page. Look for the city you want to attend on the date you want to attend. And then to the right of that, on the link that says Register, click on that and go ahead and pre-register. Now, this helps both of us. It helps the person that's going to attend by making sure that when they get through the event, all they have to do is, uh, is have their name checked off because they've pre-registered. They've already got a space there. They already have their own personal 1.5 meters of individual space on the line. It helps us because we're doing uh, sometimes hundreds of shoots on a weekend. And we've got to get folks all over the United States uh, flying, driving, driving hotels, uh, rental cars. We've got to ship uh supplies and gear to each of the locations uh, it's a uh, it's quite a large logistical event and uh, by you pre-registering you got a place on the line and we make sure that we have enough instructors here to give you uh, to give you a good show and enough supplies to run the show <clears throat> all right so what uh, events are coming up now we've got uh, July 31st, August 1st weekend. And that starts out in Castle Rock, Washington, followed by Cedar City, Utah, Colebrook, Connecticut, Elk River, Minnesota, Enfield, New Hampshire, uh, Farragut, Iowa, Fresno, California, Hernando County, Florida, Humansville, Missouri, Mobile, Alabama, Racine, Wisconsin, Ramsar, North Carolina, Salem, Ohio, Santa Barbara, California, Waterman, Illinois. <clears throat> Waterman, Illinois. This is the uh, this is going to be a uh, a record-breaking attempt 
by the Appleseed Project in, uh, wait a minute, I think I'm jumping ahead. I think I'm jumping ahead here. Uh, that is the September. I'm I'm already jumping ahead a month. <clears throat> All right. Well, since I'm already talking about it, let me talk about it. Uh, July 31st and first weekend. That's a uh, the shoot in Waterman, Illinois. Now the September 11th and 12th is a shoot in Waterman. There's going to be a 300 shooter capacity on the line shoot. So we're looking for 300 folks at the Waterman shoot. And uh, let's see. Margaret is telling me that the Apple C300 banner is up on the is up on the registration. Yep, that's it. It's exactly right. September 11th and 12th, 2010. The Appleseed banner is up. The Appleseed 300, that's a Waterman shoot, on September 11th and 12th. <clears throat> if you want to become part of history, as far as I know, this hasn't been done before by anybody having uh, 300 shooters on the line, then uh, get registered now for the Waterman event. I'm telling you, uh, you wait till the last second, or you think that uh, because it says 300, that there's going to be a lot of folks uh, then you're going to end up uh, with tears in your eyes, uh, stirring a pot of beans while everybody else is shooting. Don't wait. Go to the uh, rwva.org. Go to Appleseed. Click on that. Underneath that is Schedule. Click on Schedule. <clears throat> Go to the, to the Waterman, Illinois event for September 11th and 12th and register. All right. That brings us to the August 7th and 8th weekend, 2010, which begins in Azusa, California, followed by Carrollton, Kentucky, Chickasaw, Oklahoma, Dundee, Michigan, Miamisburg, Ohio, New Lisbon, Wisconsin, North Little Rock, Arkansas, Osage, Wyoming, Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania, and that brings us to the August 14th and 15th, weekend, which starts in Bennington, Vermont, followed by Columbiana, Alabama, Escondido, California, Eureka, Kansas, Gunnison, slash Lost Canyon, Colorado, Hinckley, Minnesota, Hubertus, Wisconsin, Lima, Ohio, Mayhill, New Mexico, Osage Beach, Missouri, Stark, Florida, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Waco, Georgia, which takes us to the August 21st, 22nd weekend, which begins in Cloverdale, Indiana, followed by Davila, Texas, Evansville, Indiana, Grand Island, Nebraska, Harvard, Massachusetts, Manhattan, Pennsylvania, Messina, New York, McLean, Illinois, Montrose, Iowa, North Fayetteville, North Carolina, Ottawa, Illinois, Rochester, Minnesota, Sacramento, California, Shreveport, Louisiana, Sparta, Illinois, Van Etten, New York, or Yanceyville, North Carolina, Peterborough, New Hampshire is the first weekend on the August 
26th and 27th. That's got to be a that's got to be a special. That must be a Thursday Friday event. I'd have to look at the information, but uh, it's Peterborough, New Hampshire, August 26th and 27th. If uh, any of you guys in the chat, if I'm if for some reason uh, I'm that's wrong on the schedule, let me know in a minute. I'll check the chat in a second. I can't look at both pages at once. But if that's not right on the schedule, let me know. <clears throat> but it's listed as uh, August 26th and 27th. Uh, the rest of the weekend, starting on the 28th and 29th, is Chaplin, Connecticut, Corona, California, El Paso Community College in El Paso, Texas. That's August 28th and 29th. And I would like to thank Double uh, L and Star Fox uh, and Rain Man and uh, any of the other folks that helped out in El Paso this weekend. Double L and Star Fox did their uh, uh, their first solo uh, shoot boss event out there. They did a great job, and uh, they're uh, kind of kickstarting the uh, the West Texas uh, program out there, and uh, I certainly wish them the best of skill in that. All right, still on the August 28th, 29th weekend is Eleanor, West Virginia, Gibsonburg, Ohio, Gunnersville, Alabama, Lemoore, California, Mayaka City, Florida, New Bremen, New York, Oxford, Kansas, Piru, California, Rama, Colorado, Raton, New Mexico, Vail, Oregon, and Weatherby, Missouri. All right. <clears throat> no, I didn't see anybody correct me on the 26th and 27th, so that, uh, that must indeed be the date for the Peterborough, New Hampshire shoot. <clears throat> uh, that takes us uh, a month ahead. And uh, we'd like for you folks that are thinking about attending events, we'd like for you to, uh, if you can't attend one right now, uh, no problem, but the sooner the better. But if you can't attend one right now, you should be looking ahead and seeing when you can attend one, and then go ahead and uh, make your reservations, register for it. Like I said, don't think about attending an Appleseed event. Do it. Don't think about it. Do it. If it's in your future, if there's any possibility of it, go ahead and do it. If it's too hot for you right now, schedule one for uh, October. If it's too cold for you in uh, October, schedule one now. But don't think about attending an event. Attend an event. Become a part of the uh, of history as it's unveiling itself. Become a part of a program that's going to alter the face of this nation. And by altering the face of this nation, it's going to change the history of the world. The folks in the Appleseed Project, <clears throat> we didn't ask anybody's permission uh, if we could fulfill our obligations of safeguarding the freedoms and liberties that this nation affords us. We didn't, uh, we didn't climb up on top of our houses and uh, wait for permission 
to come over and pluck us off the top of the house. We saw something that needed to be done, and we're doing it now. And you should be helping us. Because by helping us, you are helping yourself. Being an American is not granted to you uh, by virtue of a slot, uh, a name filled in in a, uh, in a blank slot on a piece of paper. Being an American is granted to you when you realize that you have a sacred obligation to this nation. You have a sacred obligation to safeguarding the freedoms and liberties that this nation affords you. And this is not an obligation that can be delegated or can be uh, uh, ignored or denied. You can't uh, say that I'm going to let somebody else take care of this for me. I'm going to let my mom take care of it. Uh, I'm going to let my dad take care of it. Uh, I'm going to let my kids. How about if I let my kids worry about that? Or my senator, my congressman. This isn't something you can put off on somebody else. This is something you have to make a decision to do yourself. You have to realize that you have a responsibility to to take care of yourself, and, and, and sometimes I'll describe it in a different way, but uh, just as you have an obligation to put on your, your underwear and your pants yourself, you have an obligation to make sure that you yourself are safeguarding your freedoms and liberties. You wouldn't take a, a pile of your money and walk out to the street and hand it to the first person you came across and said, Hey, buddy, why don't you take care of this for me? Uh, you know, spend it where you think it needs to be spent. I don't know. I'm sure you have the best idea on how to handle that. I don't really don't have time to think about this or worry about it. I can't imagine anybody doing that. And yet every single day, they do it with their lives, with their rights, with their freedoms. They take the whole sack of freedoms and liberties and rights, and they walk out in the street blindfolded. They spin around five or six times, and they hand it to the first person they see, and they say, here, take care of me. Make sure that when I wake up tomorrow, I have the same freedoms and liberties that I went to bed with. Doesn't that sound absolutely ridiculous? Being an American means you've decided to fulfill your obligations to the nation. And I'm sure I've probably told you guys this before, but you know I spent six years in the military, and uh, and uh, and a lot of it wasn't pretty. And I felt like at the end of those six years, I'm sure a lot of uh, vets feel this way, because I've, I've talked to it before. I'm sure a lot of folks say, <clears throat> look, man, I did my amount of service. I, uh, you know, I did the stuff I was required to do, and that's it. I'm paying full. And uh, that's what I thought. I said, you know, I did uh, six years, and uh, and, you know, that's it. I did it. I'm... That was all I needed to do. I'm done. I'm paid in full. My responsibility is completed. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm done. And then I just proceeded not to think about it 
last uh, for a couple of decades. And the folks who were thinking about it, or, or rather who were thinking about how to make sure I wasn't thinking about it, they had a field day. They drove that document back and forth. They ran over it with a uh, truck and a tractor and a tank. <clears throat> they pulled it from every direction, and yet it held pretty dang good. No thanks to me, though, right? Because I sure wasn't looking. I would vote, yeah. Uh, but even then, my head wasn't right. It took me a long time to figure out, to understand what it means to to fulfill your responsibilities as an American. And it's no different than fulfilling your responsibilities as a parent. You know, when that baby's crying at uh, 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, the last thing you want to do is get up out of bed and trudge in there and uh, make uh, uh, get the bottle or or my wife was able to sleep through all baby crying at the time, so I would just go and get the the baby and bring it in and you know hook the baby up and and sit there and, and watch the baby. But the last thing you want to do is get out of bed and go trudging around in the middle of the night in the dark and, and do that. But you. You don't have any choice. That's your responsibility. That's your child. Well, it's the same thing with your country. You don't have any choice. Now, you can you can make a different choice. I could have shut the door. I could have uh, put earplugs in so I didn't hear the baby squalling and... Uh, I'm sure it would have made the baby probably would have eventually cried itself back to sleep. But how does that help it? I can get the on the couch. I can get the remote, and uh, I can find something to watch, and I can shut off all other input. But how is that going to fix anything? And the answer is that it's not. Now, I know for most of the folks here, I'm preaching to the choir because every Appleseed instructor understands this. They know this is true. That's why they're out there doing it every weekend. Appleseed is an all-volunteer, grassroots, nonprofit organization. And I'm telling you, it's I've never seen another organization like this one. I've never seen an organization with folks so dedicated to the job that they're doing. So dedicated to fulfilling their obligation to the nation. <clears throat> All right. Uh, I'm going to bring on... Uh, Sam, I missed you by .01 seconds. I was just getting ready to uh, to bring you on, and you disappeared. All right, but I think what we're going to do, we're going to bring uh, Moggett on, because uh, I called Fred earlier and left a message, and I sent him an email. 
because there's a lot going on uh, in the next uh, in the next six months that we really need to that we really need to talk about. And uh, and I thought it would be best to uh, to get the boss on and uh, let him uh, say some of the things that uh, to you guys on the air and let you ask him questions. And uh, we'll see if we can get him uh, on next week. Uh, but right now, uh, I'd like to welcome Margaret to the show. Margaret, welcome. Hey, thanks, Scout. Good to talk to you again. It's good to speak with you. So give us the news. Give us the skinny and the uh, the inside scoop. Uh, yeah, I actually there's a couple of things here. First, uh, we already talked about the Waterman banner. It's up on the main webpage, and thanks to everybody for looking at it. Uh, and uh, please do PM me if, if you see any problems with it. Um, and please do get all your friends to go too. Almost everybody can go for free if you uh, go through and read the uh, info pages about it. So let's make sure that we get as many people as possible there, and let's get them to go free. And um, then the second thing is, I should like to thank all the people who uh, forwarded me good numbers for their shoots uh, when we were doing the Crunch the Numbers threads. I really appreciate all that information that kind of poured in. And if there's anybody else who's got more, uh, I'm still looking for it. Okay, for just, well, for for all years or just uh, for 2010 so far? 2010 shoots. Okay. Yeah, 2010 shoots before uh, the end of June. After in July, I think we're doing pretty good getting AARs done. So I think we've got a pretty good handle on the numbers starting in July. But there are still some that are missing in June or in uh, January to June. So I really appreciate that. Um, but the big thing here that I need to talk about is this uh, New York Times article in the Style magazine that's going to come out tomorrow. Have you heard about that? Yes, ma'am. I've heard about it. And uh, I've I actually talked to Matt about it. And uh, uh, and that doesn't mean anything because uh, I've told folks uh, several times before that, uh, you know, that a reporter's job is uh, is to sell advertising or newspapers. So uh, I haven't heard. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. it, that's it. I mean, if you anybody that thinks that a reporter is their friend or that's going to respect off the record or stuff like that, then uh, then you're 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 very uh, you're very misguided. But yeah. I'm actually looking forward to this. I think that uh, I think that we'll get fair treatment in it. Have you uh, have you seen any uh, anything about it yet? No, uh, but what I wanted to tell everybody was that uh, probably around midnight tonight, maybe slightly later, uh, there will be a, a button or a banner or something go up on that web page, another one besides the Apple C300 that will be uh, something that welcomes New York Times readers and it will link to a page that has uh, a discussion of Appleseed and Appleseed's mission on it. Uh, and so I would encourage everybody tomorrow morning when you get up, go to that page, uh, refresh your browser so you get a new look, uh, and click on that link and go see what it says. Uh, just uh, And if you see any problems, PM, PM me with it as well. But um, you will find that it is a restrained and reserved uh, expression of what Appleseed does. 
and that's kind of on purpose uh, because of the folks that might come. Uh, and I can't decide whether I would be happy or not if the server crashed because of all the visitors. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I hope that it does. And uh, I mean, uh, let me rephrase that. I don't hope. That, I'm not saying that I hope that it does. I'm saying I hope that we get uh, a lot of folks. Now, uh, I'd uh, I'll then I'll talk to you about this later. But we can we can actually spin up some extra servers if we think that it might be necessary to handle. Uh, the overflow. Uh, you might want to talk to the IT guys about that, but I know that we can do it because I'd already worked out a a program to do it for the radio call-in. <clears throat> so we might be able to okay. uh, spin up spin up an additional server just for a few days uh, to mm-hmm. handle the the excess if we get it. Because I imagine we're going to get quite a few people off of it. And uh, I and hope I'm very so. Excited. I'm very excited about that. I think that uh, I agree with something Sam said once that. Uh, Bad publicity from the New York Times, I, I'm paraphrasing now, but bad publicity from the New York Times will attract precisely the right sort of people or something like that. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, uh, you're right. And here's the other thing that uh, that I've learned to be true over and over, and that is, uh, you know, we've, ha- we've done shows uh, with controversial people, and we've had controversial things said about us before, and and it brings people in. And mm-hmm. you know what? Even if they, uh, even if the people who come in, come into the program, with uh, with the wrong mindset, the Appleseed message is so strong, and it's so true, and so righteous that it converts. Uh, in almost every case, it converts that person uh, to begin on the right path uh, to affecting change in the nation. And uh, I think so. I think so. I mean, so I have complete faith in it. Yeah, it's going to be uh, today in America. There's no way you can say anything without uh, getting some controversy, and uh, especially from the New York Times or or, uh, or some of the other affiliated papers. But uh, I'm really looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to the to the wave the the wave that this is going to bring in because it's going to bring in a lot of folks, and it's going to be a really good thing for us. Oh, I think so, too. What I wanted to do, though, I bring up one other point, and you probably have had more experience with this than I have, but uh, given or uh, given the possibility that it, there may be something negative and that in the comments section of a blog somewhere there might be negative things about Appleseed, uh, can we sort of remind everybody to respond positively and not get in you know, huge fights and things like that? Is that a, is that a worthwhile uh, thing, do you think? That is perfect. And listen, you know, back in the early days, <coughs> we uh, we actually had uh, when, when we when nobody knew about the program and we were really getting mud slung at us. You know, we had, there was a group of us that went around and we kind of tried to to watch and see what people were saying and then try to uh, respond. And mm-hmm. uh, and one of the things that made me really happy is that. Uh, that that group uh, went out of style about a year ago. And the reason it did is because, uh, and I check the, the forums and blogs and stuff like that all the time, <clears throat> not, not, all, not nearly all of them, because it went from, or the Apple C Project presence went from uh, almost nothing uh, to now, if you put in the Apple C Project, before you could, you could write in Apple C Project, and 
you know, your Google box would be would be trying to give you suggestions. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and uh, and you know, but none of them were Appleseed Project, and uh, and then once you got to Appleseed Project, it was just you know you could hear the crickets chirping because they had nothing. <laughs> we got got nothing for you, buddy, and uh, it's not like that now. Now you get a full drop down menu, and you get all kinds of stuff, and uh, and uh, one of them, I mean, se- several of them have over a quarter, quarter million hits, uh, you know, per a suggestion. Yeah, they're they're pretty big. But the thing that I noticed is that even in the places you would least expect it uh, are apple seeders. They're already there. You know, they're already there, and and 99.99% of the time they handle themselves in a very responsible fashion, and which is actually no surprise to me because I see these folks on the apple seed lines on uh, Saturdays and Sundays. I see them there. But at the same time, I agree completely with what you're saying, Moggett, and that is, folks, when you do see something, handle yourself like an Appleseed Project member. You don't uh, go in there with guns blazing, and uh, you certainly don't start slinging mud back. Uh, If there's something that's completely outrageous, uh, I doubt that uh, you as a member of the program or instructor would even have to say anything anymore because there are members, there are Appleseed folks everywhere now. That being said, there's no reason to uh, to get down in the dirt with the rest of the hogs uh, because you'll just end up uh, with fleas and ticks. So <laughs> you'll you'll look you'll look bad if you try and sling stuff and just take the high road. Uh, there's going to be people saying stuff. Uh, I think that. Uh, I remember if you were on a couple of months ago and we were talking about this, but I, uh, you know, I, I've, I've seen everything. I've seen the Appleseed Project listed as uh, uh, as a terrorist training organization, as uh, <laughs> an organization that uh, is teaching folks how to shoot uh, uh, gays and lesbians, uh, on and on. You name it, and that's what, that's you know, anything bad, that's what we're, What's what we're supposed to be doing? Because they don't know. They won't even take the time to go to uh, rwva.org and look at the homepage. But that's what we have to deal with. So, And we're doing absolutely great. I mean, we've got a great uh, record for having good people, good things said about us. And uh, I think that we're almost to the point where, not that we're bulletproof, but we're getting awfully close. I mean, they would... Uh, I think- yeah, I think I think there's a lot of progress has been made. Uh, it's just that you know tomorrow and the next couple of days could be especially trying, and and of course if somebody registers and wants to start a fight on the forum, we'll all be there. But I think the trick is to remain cool and uh, you know don't don't sink to the don't don't sink to their level, and don't fight right. with them. Right. We'll just find out where they live. We'll get a carload of us carload of us together and go over there to their house. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding for everybody. I'm just kidding. Listen, Maga, <laughs> I wanted to uh, to tell you that uh, I was just thinking about this on the uh, on the way to go pick up some supplies today, and uh, I was going to send it to, I guess, to Eel or someone. But uh, <clears throat> you know, the Waterman event is turning out to be pretty huge, and uh, and we're talking about 300 shooters, and there I doubt any of them is going to be alone. So we're talking about 300 people 
uh, into the city. Now, that's an event large enough that we should be able to ask for and get help from uh, the uh, uh, the water the uh, Waterman Chamber of Commerce. So you they know, should be. I think I think Eel's got a handle on that. Okay. Um, well, good. I don't know all the details, but you know, maybe we get Eel in to uh, talk about that here uh, as a, in the next few weeks. Okay. I've only because, heard uh, a few pieces of it, but they yeah they're, a they're big, cognizant. It's a huge issue. Yeah, that's a big. You know, I mean, that's uh, we're making money for the city, so they should be helping us on this. Anytime we get together a big group of folks like this, we should be asking for and getting uh, assistance from whatever city we're in. So, yeah. and I'm sure he is on it because he's a good man. Uh, yeah, he's 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 tuned into all those issues. But did you look at the pictures of that range? Oh my word! I think we're going to turn into the side berm and shoot. I can't decide whether I want to be an instructor or a shooter that day. Oh. <laughs> Well, I'd rather, know, I almost think I'd rather be a shooter. Yeah, I would. I would almost always opt for being a shooter, uh, just because I don't get to anymore. But uh, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to that shoot too. I won't be able to make that one, but uh, I know that there are going to be quite a few Texas folks that will that uh, are headed right. up here to uh, to help out. So you know, what would be fun too is we get that Waterman thing going, and we uh, we kind of we manage to uh, group the people from different states and have a little impromptu competition. Uh, with uh, AQT scores, that'd be fun. Oh yeah, yeah. The <laughs> possibilities are really, uh, you know, with that many folks and uh, and a uh, certainly a record-breaking event. Because I don't know of anybody that's ever done something like this. I know that there are a lot of people that go to uh, uh, to Perry and stuff like that for the for big shoots, but they don't get them all on the line at one time. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just a uh, you know a smaller groups on the line through the course of a you know of several days. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, uh, I'm looking. I'm, I'm. I would be interested to see uh, about us getting actual getting a uh, recognition for this, as far as setting a record of most people shooting at once. I wonder if we could. I wonder if we could. I wonder if there's a. That's an interesting question. I hadn't thought about it. I mean, we should. Uh, Guinness Book of World Records or something like that. Yeah, we should be harvesting uh, all of the. Uh, all of the stuff that uh, that we can out of this event because uh, that's a lot of folks. I don't know that there's been uh, uh, that many folks before, so I'm I, I would uh, I would see if we can't get some kind of uh, some kind of value out of that. Listen, guys, if you guys want to, uh, I'm sure Maga has some more things she wants to put out. But at the same time, if you guys want to ask her some questions, uh, then go ahead and call in, and I'll get you on the line. It's uh, Three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. That's the phone number here. So if you want to call in and, and ask uh, Maga some questions while I got on the line, then hurry up and call on in. Uh, I'm going to bring uh, uh, Sam on with us because uh, I lost him a few minutes ago. And now I got him back. Sam, welcome to the show. Evening, Scout. Evening, Maga. Sounds like that Waterman is going to work up a big one. Oh yeah. Well, it looks like it is. Well, I almost, I almost got it started uh, uh, a little bit early. I was ready to, uh, I was ready to get it going. Uh, it's August. Yeah, yeah, I'm, all, I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Uh, but uh, if you guys want to call in, go ahead and call in. If you got some questions for Margaret, call in or Sam or myself, or go ahead and call in now. Uh, let me bring another caller on the line here that uh, uh, has been on the phone for a while. 
Uh, area code 812, you're on the air. Area code 812-431. Okay, you don't have to talk if you don't want to. If you're just listening, that's fine. Uh, okay, so, Margaret, go ahead. No, I think uh, I think one other thing we're uh, working on, that, and I, I was going to try to get it. I was going to try to get the draft out today, but it didn't happen. Uh, is the one day apple seed thing? Uh, so we're um, we're looking to. I'm looking to put out a draft policy for one day apple seeds, and then I'll be looking for comments on the draft policy from folks about. Uh, whether or not it says the right things, makes the right points, and those sorts of things. Uh, so I'm very interested in how folks, uh, what folks think about one day apple seeds, good, bad, indifferent. Uh, we did a little, we did a little bit of a, a look at it uh, with some folks on WL2, but uh, probably sometime tomorrow I'll put it out where, put the, the draft policy itself out where folks can see it. So be interested to hear what folks think about that one. Well, we, you know, we used to do those quite a bit, and they were just we just call them minis, and uh, right. and we were just doing that as uh, as like an introduction. You know, it wouldn't be a full day. We would do four or six hours or so, and it was just uh, some folks would want to come, but they don't want to come for the whole weekend because they didn't know what it was going to be or they didn't know what we're going to do. And we said, all right, uh, you come over here on Saturday. We'll uh, you know we'll go from uh, eight to noon on Saturday, and you can it'll be like a, a refresher introduction or something to it, and then that would bring them. To the next weekend. Uh, one days, uh, I don't really have any problem with it because, uh, at least for when I'm running an event, uh, by the end of the day Saturday, I've given you all the information that I'm going to give you and almost all the history. Uh, the only thing that you're going to lack after that is on Sunday is we're going to teach you how to put it all together in one bag and start running it. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's it precisely. You know, and then we're going to, and of course, for me, the, the most immediate thing I think about on the one days is that there won't be a Sunday benediction, you know. And, uh, you know, for me, that's one of the things I actually do like to do is the, the Sunday benediction because I feel like the folks who have been there all day Saturday, all day Sunday, and they're there right at almost at dark on Sunday evening through all the the heat, the cold, the tornadoes, the hurricanes, everything else. And uh, <laughs> and I want to tell them, I want to tell them, uh, I want to tell them how proud I am of them and about what they've done. And, uh, you know, to me, that's just, that's a, you know, one of my favorite parts of the event is telling those, those people how proud I am that, uh, that they were there to the bitter end on uh, on Sunday. But I know a lot of people can't do that. They they only have the the one day that they can do. So uh, you know it, if I if if that's all I can do, then my gosh, I'm I'm ready for them to do that one day. I think uh, I think that um, there are some things you know that will make it difficult. It will make a long day. Uh, but um, it will mean that we can do promotions from a one-day shoot, instructor promotions. Right. Uh, and it will mean that the shoot itself is covered by Appleseed's insurance policy, uh, and the little mini-seeds were not, as I understand it. 
Um, but it will definitely, it will definitely make for a long day to to uh, get all that stuff in. I, I guess what I'm hoping is that people who would have hesitated to sign up for a two day will sign up for a one day, and will then realize that they want to sign up for a two day. I I don't think. Um, I don't know that it will ever replace the two-day, uh, although maybe it will. I mean, we'll, we'll have to look at the economics of the thing, how, how it works out. But um, it would be, you know, it's something we'll check out, see what it looks like. Okay. Uh, uh, let's see. Rose, are you in here? I'm sure you have to be uh, in the chat. W- would you do me a favor? I had asked Fred earlier today, I asked Fred if... Uh, he would come on. No, I guess Rose had to go to dinner. No, there she is. Okay, Rose, I asked Fred if he would come on the show, and uh, because he got through, he sent out those the, the last two PMs of the last couple of days, and uh, you know, given the push for uh, the stuff that he did, and uh, and we're going to talk about some of that a little bit later too. With uh, I'm hoping that uh, that Ed uh, is going to call in, and Ed, you got to let me know uh, what your number is too, because. Uh, uh, I want to bring you on to talk about uh, uh, your project. I'm not going to. Uh, I'll just go ahead and say this: Ed is going to be in charge of the uh, the Appleseed Winter Seeds project, and uh, and I'd like for him to come on and talk about that. Rose, if you could call Fred and give him the the telephone number for the for the radio show again, then uh, then when he calls, in, just tell him to call in whenever he wants to call in. He can call in, and uh, and I'll bring him on. So he's thinking of, uh, he just now sent me the PM uh, from, uh, you know, saying that uh, he would uh, he would come on the show just to let him know what the number is and. Uh, okay. So if you well, could the call him. The is looking. Uh, winter season is looking pretty exciting now. I, uh, I'm you know I I thought after I did my time in the army I would never be wet, cold, tired, dirty, and hungry again. Right. <laughs> what a joke, you know. <laughs> I spent I spent probably spend more time wet, wet, tired, cold, hungry, dirty, and out of toilet paper in apple seed than I did in active <laughs> yeah. duty. Yeah. So you know, Sam and I, Sam and I were talking about that. Well, it wasn't that uh, long ago. We were talking about that exact same thing, which was, uh, you know, we spent spent years uh, out in the in the mud, the cold, the slush, sleeping outside, et cetera, et cetera, and and uh, and I actually thought I was kind of past that, and, uh, and lo and lo and behold, the last few years have proved me wrong. <laughs> no, we don't seem to be past it at all. <laughs> In fact, I'm I'm regretting I gave away a lot of my uh, a lot of my cold weather gear and stuff. You know, I donated it to the uh, Salvation Army. Yeah, I'm going to be back buying it again is what the, what the situation is going to be. Ed, make sure, that I, yeah, you, I gotta, make sure you call yeah. in, Ed, because uh, I've got the space reserved for you to uh, to talk about it. So make sure you call in. Uh, let me see if uh, let me see who this is right here. Area code 714, you're on the air. Yeah, hi, Scout. Well, I guess everyone, Sam. Hi, Johnny. Hello. California. Hey, hey Johnny. How you doing? <laughs> oh, just fine, sir. Just fine. Thank you. 
Uh, it's a little bit uh, late on the topic, but uh, it concerns the New York Times um, article, and we've had a couple other ones where we've got some bad press. And I'm wondering if anyone has ever looked at the, uh, the friends that we have out there. Um, the Wall Street Journal uh, on April uh, 19th had an article that was reprinted from an interview with Hannah Davis. It was, it was real good. It was printed in about 1803, and the Wall Street Journal ran that whole thing on April 19th. So I would consider them a friend. Um, well, listen, after, we, after this, this is one of the things that, that we've been looking for for quite a while, because what will happen is at every stage we go through, and I've noticed this especially with me trying to get, uh, uh, say, guests for the radio show and stuff, is every time you reach a new uh, plateau, a new level, then that gives you access uh, to the next level of folks. So we break through with the, uh, with the New York Times, and once we do, now we can ask for and get coverage uh, from the uh, competing uh, and equal level newspapers, and they'll give it to us because the New York Times did. It's just until you can get until you can reach that spot, it's hard to it's hard to get somebody to notice you. But now that we have, I think we're going to have a lot easier uh, a lot easier time with getting that. And you know, I put this. I, I was talking to some of the folks the other day about this, and of course I kind of got yelled at for it, but uh, <laughs> my idea is that, you know, and I'm not going to say that, that that controversy is good, but kind of what uh, Mog and I were talking about earlier, which is, uh, well, just like I believe that, uh, she, I think she was quoting you, wasn't she, with that, uh, that bad press in the New York Times is, uh, uh, you know. Attracts the right sort of people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The New York right Times will attract the right sort of people. <laughs> and who knows? Here's, here's what I'm Probably thinking: right. is that uh, you know, if it, if the uproar gets uh, if the uproar gets very loud, you know what? Me, we might actually have to go on TV and explain about the Appleseed Project. How terrible would that be? <laughs> you know? <laughs> you yeah. saw what happened well, with the Washington Times article, or the Washington yeah. Post, rather. Every shoot in Maryland and Virginia sold out. <laughs> right. You're right. Yeah. Well, the Washington Times uh, last week, I think, had a, uh, a quite a long article by Ted Nugent, and he uh, I, he's he's definitely a friend of ours, although he might not know about the program yet. But that would be another venue where we could maybe get a, a Washington Times reporter out there to do something to to counteract the the other ones, and it, it would benefit them as well as us because you know people could compare and contrast the two views on uh, on. Human Events was another good one. Um, that was Reagan's favorite paper, and they do patriotic uh, articles uh, every week. Um, so I, I had those, and I had one more thing, and that was, uh, does anybody remember the Southern Poverty Law Center? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're on their <laughs> yeah. list. Yes. We're, yeah. we're definitely on their they're, list. They're yeah. Southern Poverty Law Center. Yeah. Southern Poverty Law Center says we are a mainstream organization. You got to read the whole thing. Really? We're a mainstream organization. Yes. If you read that entire article, more mainstream organizations like the Appleseed Project. Everybody got wrapped about that one, but that's exactly what they said. Yeah. Well, that's they right. every time a lot from the earlier decades. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm glad to hear that. I heard we were all snipers. Yeah. And I thought, you know. <laughs> Somebody doesn't know what a sniper is because we're not shooting <laughs> sniper ranges. 
Well, we bring a lot of this on ourselves, too, by, by picking up terms that the media uses, like high cap, and when we should say normal cap or restricted capacity, you know, we, you know, we, we like to pick up on these terms. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. N- not apple seed, but, but gun people generally do. <laughs> Weapons and sniper stuff and uh, all that. But uh, thank you for taking my call. Good program. Thank you for calling. Johnny. Yes, sir. Leave already? Okay. Uh, I just want no, to ask here. a question about, uh, uh, I post, earlier I posted, I just put the, uh, the, uh, the URL down again. But there's a, uh, a blog. Let's see. It is from the California. I just wondered if you knew who it was. It's, uh, and this guy, it's, uh, the topic is accept the challenge. And, uh, the post for, uh, June 1st is I'm an apple seeder. And, uh, I put, I just posted the URL in there. You take a look at that because uh, that, that's gotta be, and he got pictures there. I just don't recognize, uh, the guy. So just take a, take a look on that and maybe put into the chat, into the, uh, the chat room who it is because, uh, did a great job on it. The uh, all of the folks did. That's another case of the of where I'm t- telling you about when you have blogs and stuff like that, and somebody responds like this guy's talking about uh, going to an apple seed, and uh, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the the thing fills up with folks uh, who have been to apple seeds, and uh, and they're talking about it, and uh, you know it's just uh, it's a whole different world now than it was a couple of years ago, and. Uh, so just take a look at that URL. I put it into the uh, in the online chat and and uh, see if you know who that is because I believe there's I believe they're an Appleseed instructor. Oh, they probably are. I'm having trouble getting in the chat, but we can look at it on Savage Shooter. She'll she'll post it then. And uh, okay. Uh, so I appreciate you taking the time, sir, and best of all of you. Thank you for uh, the conversation. Uh, thank you very much. Later. Yep. Bye. Okay. Uh, and if. Uh, uh, and I think I recognize Fred's number when he calls. So, if Rose, if you uh, if you call him and let him know, then uh, then uh, Scout. Oh, I see here, Fred hung up on Rose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. That's a bad sign. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's already getting the uh, the calls from the, uh, the the advanced folks from the New York Times article. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, uh, well, we'll get him question. on. But go ahead, Margaret. I have a question for you, Scout. What, what, what have you? How's your? How are your billboards in Texas? What kind of response are you getting to those? Well, um, it, it, it's good, but now the calls have kind of they've died down. So uh, that's why I, I sent you a uh, a message to I copied you on it to with to Fred because what I was wondering is <clears throat> if there's some way. That we can track the the billboards. What I was hoping to do in the very beginning, when I first uh, when I first brought the idea up, was to to have a series of billboards uh, all in one area, so that uh, so that it was kind of like a control group, and you have uh, like uh, two or three different messages on them, and then find out which one of those was working best, and then start running with that one. And then put that one up somewhere else with two or three other right beside it, and then with you know a different, a little bit different yeah. message, and see how that one works, and just keep expanding it. But every time you expand it, take the best of the of the of the three and use that mm-hmm. as the new starting point. So it's hard to say.
because the calls have died down a little bit, they, they came in pretty good at first, uh, but the calls have died down a bit. But I don't know if that, uh, you know, because the the uh, website is right there beside it. But how do we know how many people are coming in, uh, coming on the website just by, you know, it's an easy website to remember, appleseedusa.org. I mean, that's that's very easy. So I don't know how many people are or accessing it uh, by the website. I wish there was a, a better way for us to find out. And I asked one of the IT guys on Sunday at the end of the event here in Davila. I got back here just in time off vacation to do range cleanup uh, at the event. <laughs> good luck. Good, yeah. good timing. Good timing. And uh, he said it might, be, it might be a little bit difficult. So uh, the only thing that I can suggest it's to make sure that you shoot bosses. Now, we should be doing this uh, at every event. I do it at every single event because I have a vested interest in it. But I ask every single person at every event, how did you hear about the program? And uh, was that the first time you heard about it? And what finally made you come? Uh, because mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out what is tweaking folks, what message is getting through to them. Uh, you know, if it was... Uh, did you see it somewhere a couple of times? Did you read about it at Fred's? And then finally uh, your father or your, your brother or your neighbor said, come on, let's go. How did, what brought you? What finally got you to the event? And, uh, and right now, of course, uh, it used to be Fred's. Uh, mm-hmm. That was the main thing. And now it has switched over to uh, word of mouth, and, uh, and it is wh- whoever – has dragged them to the event with them. Uh, it's a, either a father, a brother, uh, something like that. And then the next is uh, is Fred's, and then almost equal with Fred's now, uh, for, for the folks that I talk to, is uh, blogs and uh, yeah. things like uh, Frugal Squirrels, Survival Podcast brings a lot of folks. Uh, there are still people coming from Sam D's interview with uh, Alex Jones. Uh, wow! Yeah, they're still. That's a long time still, ago. Yep, they're still drifting in. Uh, a lot of folks. Uh, I'm starting to get folks from Survival Podcast, and we've got a lot of folks. Whenever we have, uh, 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 Jack Spurko, when Jack comes on the show, he brings a lot of folks with him. You know, he's yeah. got a, a huge crowd, and and we'll have it. It's, it we'll have, we have no problem in drawing in uh, several thousand uh, whenever Jack comes on to the show, and uh, so I know, and he also pushes it, and that reminds me, I've, we've got to get Tim some uh, some of the free apple seed certificates that uh, we promised him. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, and he can, but he pushes the the show all the time. The billboards. Uh, there's no way that they're not going to work because <clears throat> these billboards that we're getting, uh, they run approximately uh, 100 to $130,000 a year is how much it costs you to go and get mm-hmm. one of these and put your company name up there. And yeah. I'm telling you right now, folks don't pay that money if you don't get a return on it. Uh, I think that uh, my personal view is I think we should tweak the signs a little bit. Uh, I would like to see a family up there because that's that's who we're asking to come. I'd love to see a man and his wife and their, his son and daughter there 
you know, dressed up and ready to go to an apple seed, uh, you know, at the like in the bottom right hand corner of the the billboard or something. And uh, I think that's something we should we should look at because uh, you know it. Uh, I think that uh, I think we should be working on tweaking the signs a little bit. Uh, but we have signs ready to go. Uh, well, they'll be ready in the next day or two for Illinois, uh, Ohio, the second set of Indiana signs, and then the first set of California signs. Ah, uh, that's good. I'm excited to see how they do in California. I hope some of the California guys will call in if they if they can tell us how you know how they're being received. Right, and we're also going to get. Uh, uh, this is this has been a very much of an education for me uh as far as jumping into this and and learning about the advertising industry and about uh, how they tweak their stuff and how they how they look at numbers and the demographics and you know how they try and sell things to certain people uh but we're also going to get a bunch of free stuff out of this too or, or relatively free uh, as soon as the summer ends uh, we'll have signs that are going to start going up uh, in a lot of the, the major cities, Los Angeles, Chicago, uh, New York. <clears throat> There'll be smaller signs, but they're going to be, yeah. they'll be in the, uh, like the six to ten foot, uh, ten foot wide by six foot tall range. Uh, and they'll be more of the, uh, uh, like the one month uh, style signs with the, you know, the paper signs. Uh, uh-huh. But what I figured is that if we could match the the upcoming events uh, so that we have a plan where you have an event in say November in uh, uh, in Ventura or something like that then then go ahead and get uh, ten signs uh, in Los Angeles at uh, thirty dollars a sign that's three hundred bucks you want to get those ten signs and let them run the thirty days leading up to the Ventura uh, event and uh, I think that that would be a big uh, a good way to push. Uh, and also to access those population centers. I think I think that'd be interesting to do it. And you know, you get you get those signs inside the major population centers. Did you see that True Tenacity had a question for you, Scout? Uh, I didn't. Um, she said, I'm trying to um, write an email at the same time that I'm talking. <laughs> and if you didn't notice that, then that just means I'm I'm turning into a professional. Uh, you're you're pretty uh, pretty good at the multitasking. Yeah, True, True right, Tenacity wants to know if. If the signs are bringing in a lot of calls, well, there are two signs that are up right now in Texas. One is in Temple, Texas, and it's just it's up on the uh, I-35 corridor as you're leaving the city. Uh, this, this particular company that I started with it had a uh, Colleen, which is a little bit uh, west and south of here, Temple and Belton, which are kind of in a straight line, and then up to Waco. So I was wanted to get folks, uh, I wanted to put it somewhere where we could get folks heading into the nation. Uh, now, the first few days, I got quite a few calls, and, uh, mm-hmm. and then they started tapering off from there, uh, and which kind of surprised me a little bit because it's on I-35. So I, and I know a lot of that is going to be repeat travel. <coughs> but I thought oh, that... Oh, because it's uh, commuters, yeah. Yeah, they would be commuting. But there's also... Uh, a lot, there has to be a lot of new travel at the same time. So, uh, like I said, I'm not sure uh, what the, what is the reason for the fall off. But uh, mm. 
but that's that's also the reason that I would like to figure out if how people are, are accessing the site. If they're using, I was hoping that at first we could say, uh, let's just use a particular domain name on the on the billboards. Yeah. Excuse me. That way, that if a person went to the site from that billboard, they would automatically be collected. Uh, uh, and we'd know so, it from the web analytics. Right. Right. Exactly. You could pull it up off there. Now, the IT guy I talked to said that may not be that easy. Uh, it would just because it would show it as a non-referred link. That means that it did. We didn't come. They didn't come to here to the uh, Apple Seed out of Frugal Squirrel or Survival Podcast. It came from typing the address in, but that that would work the same way, you know, from the trifolds or, you know, whatever else. That's why I'm hoping that mm-hmm. folks will be be asking people. Like I said, and this is the first time they're going up here, so I'm going to be asking every single person uh, if they saw the sign and uh, if they, you know, if they if they came from the sign, etc. But uh, I, I wish there was a better way, and I'm hoping we can figure out a better way. To figure out how, right? How we're going to get the information for that? Uh, you know, I wonder. Um, Eventbrite has a little survey set of questions. I wonder if we couldn't add add uh, something more specific about uh, uh, trifolds or uh, yeah, exactly. or something like that in there. So we could we could figure out. We need to pinpoint where our, our where our dollars are going. You know, yeah. Because, I wonder if we can't do it that way. Yeah, you could certainly. I think you could certainly do it that way. Uh, if folks were coming into, the, if they're coming into the site, uh, we should be able to add uh, a little question uh, on there. Is uh, because I'd also like to know if if they, uh, like I was saying earlier, if if they had seen. And the only way I guess you could really do this is asking them at the events. But I'd like to know, yeah, you came here today because your friend brought you. But how many times before that did you see something about Appleseed? Did you see it uh, on a billboard? Did you see a flyer? Did you see it in a blog? Uh, you know, how many times uh, or how uh, how often did you see it? And uh, and what finally made you turn the corner and come to an event? Because he's asking me how many calls per day. Uh, the first few days, it was around oh, about a dozen calls, and then, uh, uh, and then about uh, oh, I'd say, say anywhere between seven and six uh, for the next few days, and then, uh, uh, and it probably stayed like that for oh, I would guess uh, five or six days, and then uh, now it's down to around two or three. So, and like I said, I don't know why that. There's got to be a lot of people who are on I-35 who are not uh, who are not commuting or smuggling drugs uh, <laughs> or whatever you know. else is on in yeah, Texas. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that they should be seeing it brand new. So uh, I wish that uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out some way to get this information, get us information that we can use. So, you know, the thing, and we could. I mean, we can ask people when they come. I. Uh, I want to come back to that idea about the shoot boss talking about it, but the the challenge that presents is gathering the information from the shoot bosses. You know, if, if even if we did get every shoot boss to ask that question, then we still got to get every shoot boss to tell us what they found out. Well, that <laughs> now that we, that we could just that we could do that easily. We could 
we could blackmail them with the uh, with believers uh, uh, form. <laughs> you know. Yes. Yeah, no, no reimbursement till you. you fill in box twenty-seven. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then everybody's looking for box twenty-seven. Yeah. <laughs> And it's a millimeter. It's a millimeter on a side, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you know, I, I had. Um, first of all, I am no expert in shootboxing. I have now done my fourth shootboxing, so you know, I'm, I'm like uh, totally in a novice here and still very much in the learning mode. But Collie uh, Cat was with me this weekend, and he was telling me that Johnny Appleseed, at the beginning, sits down. And has everybody, you know, tell their name and where they're from. And I think he has them tell, you know, where they, how they heard about Appleseed. And he did I don't think he shared that with me until Sunday. But I had everybody do that at lunch Sunday. And I think in the future, I may well do that on the, at Saturday at lunch because, in addition to finding out, you know, where our promo had uh, done well, it also really created kind of a nice atmosphere among the shooters too. So I kind of like doing that just for, for reasons that are beyond the promo as well. Uh, Johnny? Yes, sir. Okay. Savage said you had a comment. You still on? Oh, hold on. Hold on. I'll get him back on. The uh, the blog talk decided to refresh the page right at that second when I put him on okay. and it cut him back off. Johnny, you're back on. Go ahead. Yeah, um, Margaret just mentioned it, but uh, it's uh, sometime um, right after the welcome where we have instructors uh, introduce themselves, name, forum name, um, what city we're from, um, where we heard about Appleseed, and what gun club uh, do we belong at or where we shoot. And we find that this takes usually about 20 to 30 seconds per person. But one of the interesting things is sometimes you'll find some guy that you wouldn't have paid any attention to at all, and eight, he brought eight people with him. Uh, they all point and say, oh, 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 John brought me, John brought me. <laughs> so right away you start thinking of the shoot boss. Well, uh, I, I think John might have, might have some influence. And, um, let's recruit uh, John. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, but I, was, um, I, I keep kind of sloppy notes on it, and uh, a lot of times they're, they're forums, uh, local forums. Uh, Cal Guns here in California has a lot of them. Uh, I've been wrong. I didn't think I thought gun shows were a waste of time, but several of them have said I got it at a gun show. So, well, uh, gun shows used to be a waste of time, and I keep telling folks, especially in the promotions, <laughs> one of the things I learned is that every about every every six months or so, apple seed mulch sheds its skin and it becomes a new, a pretty new, fresh beast. And uh, the things <laughs> that uh, well, the things that look didn't at work six months ago may very well work now. I mean, because in the first the, the first year or so, we were out at the gun shows doing it, and it got us nothing. I mean, nothing. Uh, we did, uh, we you know, we paid for different advertising and stuff, and it got us nothing. <clears throat> but the, the, the thing is, is that, like I said, we're a new beast now, and every six months we're, we, we kind of have that molting, and we're, we uh, ascend to a new level. And right now, gun shows, I would say gun shows are one of the better ways uh, for folks to get the word out because, uh, because we're getting a lot of folks. Uh, you know, we do, 
we don't do as many gun shows as I would like, but we're uh, here in Texas. We're really low on people uh, in the last uh, year, just due to a uh, kind of a series of flukes. We lost almost a dozen instructors, uh, red hats and stuff, to other states, and we lost another half dozen to business, family, etc., stuff like that. So we're down uh, almost uh, 20 red hats and. And we don't have – we're really skinny on folks. Uh, but every time we do a gun show, uh, we get a lot of folks that come to it. So they come to the event because of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so gun shows should really uh, – all the states that – if your state stopped doing them because you weren't getting returns on them, think about think about uh, uh, putting together a gun show crew and uh, doing one or two, at least one or two events a year. Because, yeah, yeah, I was sure wrong on that because because people have been saying, I went to a gun show, and I, uh, like I said originally, I thought it was a waste of time because we weren't getting any results. But now, now I see it happening. Uh, another thing about the intros that uh, when you say the city and gun club, sometimes you have two people there that have never met each other, and then later for the um, um, go, go practice at your public ranges, you actually have people that have uh, met uh, met friends there and got to know each other. Uh, the last AAR, after the introductions, we had uh, we had instructors that took it on themselves to kind of meet each other, you know, as they were setting up the line and things, and uh, uh, they've developed friendships over it. And uh, all of them are going to be IITs, so um, that's, well, that's about it on the, on the welcome. So I like it. Well, I'm going to continue to do it, so... Well, uh, I think don't we, ask, don't ask me to keep any better notes on it. <laughs> okay, Johnny, you remember what we said about box number 27, or you're not getting it done. <laughs> well, as, you know, as we uh, as the program grows, we, we kind of see what works and what doesn't work. And, um. Box 27. <laughs> well, the, uh, the other thing about that is... Uh, is the stuff that I've been I've been telling our range folks, and we're getting ready to do uh, cycle number either five or six now. I can't remember. And that is that every time, every year, the ranges, uh, most of the uh, the clubs, I mean gun clubs, most of the gun clubs have elections, right? So, uh, so because you asked last year, and the club said, "Nah, we we're we're not having it," doesn't mean that you can't ask uh, 12 months later because they're going to have an election, and they may have a new crew in there. And when they have the new crew, go talk to them. Maybe they want to do it. Uh, so don't, uh, don't permanently mark off a gun club that you've talked to. Uh, you can go back a year later and ask them again, because there's a good chance there will be a new crew uh, running that gun club. And, uh, uh, and like I said, it, we're, we're constantly changing. And every time we get some, some new... Uh, promotions, some more publicity, then we go to a new level. And the reason that we, we didn't get, uh, we didn't have much luck at the gun club, at the gun shows, is because it's, uh, it was at the time when we first started out, we were just like any other new gun organization. It's, it wouldn't be any different than if you went to Austin and you said, hey, I'm in a band. And they said, oh, yeah, good for you. We're all in bands, you know. Uh, <laughs> Until uh-huh. you until you've proven yourself, until you sign a contract, you get a record out, it doesn't mean anything. Uh, but we have. We're not. We we didn't fade away. Uh, we've all we did was grow stronger, and people see this, and people know that. 
So now we have credibility, and uh, and when we say we're going to do something, we do it, and uh, and that has given us uh, that's given us a lot of credibility. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> I uh, I talked to one of the guys in the National Rifle Association, uh, and uh, I'm going to be talking to him again this coming week, and the NRA is trying to model itself now on Appleseed. And uh, <laughs> so I'm telling you, we're having an effect. Uh, now, I'm not saying that they're they're copying us or anything else. I'm just saying that they realize that there is a movement in the nation and that uh, and that right now the only people that are filling the, the need of new shooters and, and folks and getting folks funneled and channeled into the shooting sports. Uh, the only people cheaply. that are really doing it is us. Yeah. yeah. It's that way. Cheaply, too. Yeah. I'm not proud oh. of this, but I've contacted probably 20 to 25 ranges on my own in an attempt to get them to host apple seeds, and it hasn't been an official thing, but I've done it with paperwork, and, you know, I really haven't had any luck at all, I've, or success. I haven't had any success. And I'm wondering if there's some kind of an intangible that allows some people to sell these ranges and others not. Uh, we've well, got a guy in California here that <laughs> he gets them every time he goes. Oh yeah, and, yeah. You know, you know, and uh, and we're proud of him for doing this. Uh, I'm just wondering if maybe there's there's better people that can handle this particular aspect of it, and others well, that are good. Like you're like talking me. about Bob Tuchin, and I'm telling you, yeah, Bob could yeah. Bob Tuchin could sell uh, ice water to the Eskimos. <laughs> You know, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a good man, and he's done a great job there. And uh, I've got, uh, uh, right now I'm in the middle of writing a manual, and uh, I thought it was going to go really quick. I thought I was going to be able to finish it while I was driving down the road uh, over the last couple <laughs> of weeks. And, uh, and of course, it, it just kept growing and kept growing. The first three paragraphs, there was supposed to be three paragraphs to introduce it, and that turned into five pages. And uh, and so it's just grown and grown. But I I, I devote a good a, a long chapter to this because uh, we are the absolute best partners that a range could have. And uh, and what we have to do is make sure that we explain it to them uh, from that aspect. That is that we we have absolutely no competition with them. We don't run ranges. We don't sell gear, rifles, ammunition, nothing. Uh, matter of fact, we are the people that uh, – we're like the people that go around and, and eat the, uh, you know, eat the food off the, the little kids' plates that they won't eat, you know. <laughs> yeah. We, we take care of the, uh, of the folks. The rangers don't want to deal with folks that don't know how to shoot, that don't understand range safety. By the time they come to an apple seed event, we've hammered into them – uh, a full 16 hours of range safety procedures. We are absolutely strict on that, so we've given them an, a great basics in safety. Uh, we've given them the fundamentals of shooting, which means that now they can access those uh, parts of the club that the club really needs. The clubs, all the clubs that I've talked to, uh, they they need new people in high power uh, to keep uh, their high power sections from dying out. They need uh, folks in their uh, uh, in their clubs to help them out. So we're not in competition 
with the Rangers. Not at all. Not at all. People in. When We're we hold allies. an event at a, at a range, we, we are actually, uh, like when I hold an event at a range, I tell the folks right there, I go, look, if you're here at this event, at this range, then there's a good chance that this range has the ability to fulfill your needs for shooting. Uh, the information, the skills, the techniques that we've given to you, you cannot take home and put into your closet and allow it to get dusty uh, along with your rifle. You've got to shoot every month. You know, shooting is a deteriorating skill. If you don't use it, you're going to lose it. So you have to continue to shoot. So if this range works for you, then become a member of this range. And, uh, you know, we do a great job of partnering with the ranges. And uh, that's, a, that's a great way to do it. And um, we're not a threat to them. We don't, we're not going to try and seduce their members away from them. Uh, we're Actually, we're going to try and get them to join the local ranges. We want the local ranges to have good members who are strong supporters who are going to help defend the range in times of crisis and uh, and we will help uh, we will help them get those members we will help sure. get the shooters uh, uh, the skills and uh, the instruction and the fundamentals of rifle marksmanship so that they can shoot safely at that range so we're an absolute great partner As a matter of fact I called a range today <clears throat> and talked to them about it because I said uh, I go, look, I look at your curriculum, and nowhere do you have uh, basic rifle marksmanship. So you've got plenty of, uh, like, tactical uh, stuff like that. I said, how about if we come to your range and we give the folks uh, instruction in just basic rifle marksmanship, a two-day course, uh, 70 bucks. We'll, pay, we'll uh, give you all the range fees from it. And, uh, and, this will, and the, the thing I tell the ranges, too, is that at the end of each event, uh, it never fails. Folks always ask me, what's next? Where do I go next? What do I do next? I said, I'd be glad to tell them to go to your uh, tactical rifle uh, class. I said, all you got to do is let me, let me in the door, and uh, I'll be glad to help you, glad to work with you. And they seemed uh, very optimistic about it, so we'll see. Yeah, that's I one think, of the reasons uh, it came up. Go ahead. I was just going to say, so I think that's right. I, I sort of had a bit of success myself this weekend at uh, Winnequa, you know, which has that 1,400-yard range. Uh, getting them, you know, to, to t- telling them, you know, uh, on Sunday afternoon, I don't want, I don't want your whole Sunday because that's when members want to shoot there, and that's a really expensive range. But you know, could I get from one to three or from two to four and take my shooters that are up in the 190s or above over and shoot the, from you know 400 or from 300 and show them how it works, and then tell them. You want to do more of this? Join this club. Uh-huh. And, you know that went over really well with the sure. club leadership. Oh yeah, and I'm supposed to tell you, Fred will be calling in right away. Yeah, I just saw that he's on the line now. So without further ado, I present the boss, Fred. Okay, welcome bye. to the show. Okay, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> good, good job. Uh, well. We were just talking about uh, well, quite a few things. I won't rehash them, but I, I wanted to give you a chance to talk about uh, uh, you sent out several uh, of the notices this last week, and uh, I wanted to give you a chance to, to talk to the folks that are listening now about it and then, of course, give them a chance to call in about it. Uh, Ed is, gonna, is supposed to be uh, calling in a little bit later to talk about winter seed, but I'd like you to talk about... Uh, uh, about where we are right now with the uh, Appleseed 1000 
and uh, and what do you think that uh, uh, and how that it looks uh, as far as achieving that? Well, it's the middle of the year, and usually about the middle of every apple seed year, um, <clears throat> you know, it's time to stop and uh, add up some numbers and see how we're doing in terms of uh, making progress toward the goals we set, you know, for that particular year. This year the goal was 20,000 uh, 20, people, and um, the goal was also to have uh, at least 1,000 apple seeds. And um, I, I should say that probably typically every year when we size things up in mid-year, uh, usually we find that we're coming up a little bit short, and therefore it's a, there's kind of a need to beat the drum to say let's uh, you know let's get going. We've only got uh, you know the back half of the year, and this is uh, this is going to be our chance to really make our goal for the year. Um, this year we did something different. Uh, we actually finally got some. Uh, <clears throat> Or we actually tallied up the data from states across the country, uh, both for 2009 and 2010. And uh, I didn't do it. We had somebody who was willing to put in all the time it took to do it. It was quite a job. And uh, it's uh, it's you know it's one thing to be cruising along thinking you're doing all right, and then it's another thing to look at the hard data. And the hard data may say you say that you're you know you're fooling yourself. You you're you know, you're feeling good, but the numbers aren't there to support that. So, and, so we need to get rid of those people that are showing us the numbers. Uh, yeah, right. It <laughs> <laughs> would really be a, uh, okay. The um, so the, the 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 numbers show that we weren't doing as well as probably a lot of people thought, and and I, I, I sort of got a feeling that there's been a little bit of um, I don't know, kind of a a, a um, percolating through the Appleseed organization of this notion that uh, uh, you know we got four good years behind us and, and therefore this is going to be a good year and um, you know maybe we don't have to work quite as hard this year because of all the hard work that's been put into prior years uh, and if 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 that is indeed the case that that would explain uh, why our numbers are looking uh, not as good as they should be. I would say that I, I, I would agree with you because I think that a lot of people fall into that trap. I know that I have before, which is, you know, it worked out last year, and if we do the same thing uh, this year, then uh, everything will just fall into place uh, like it should, and we don't have to worry about it. And and the the and the, the truth though is that uh, is that this is not. The job isn't going to get easier. It's going to get more difficult. That means you have to, you will have to do more. And I know that here in Texas, uh, we're having a meeting this next uh, weekend to discuss this and figure it out. And you and I have talked on the phone about this, but uh, it means that we're going to have to actually do a lot more and concentrate a lot more on the job than just uh, than just letting it succeed like it has in the last couple of years. Appleseed is about putting a lot of effort out. And unfortunately, to put the effort out. You really have to. You really have to concentrate because if you let your concentration wander, uh, all of a sudden you're slacking off without even knowing about it. Um, I have seen a lot of a lot of uh, posts on our site um, from people who from instructors at Appleseeds, and there's a lot of um, 
comments in there about, oh, it was great to work with so-and-so again this weekend. Uh, it's great to work with this team of instructors. It was great to go to XYZ City and see folks that I've worked with before. And uh, it kind of suggests that there's a, there's a social dimension to being an Appleseed instructor, which is pleasurable. I mean, you get to go and meet people that you uh, that you work with before, and you, you like them. I mean, it's very hard not to like an Appleseed instructor if you're another Appleseed instructor, because generally speaking, you're on the same page and you have the same goals and mission in life. So you have a, a great deal of commonality, even you know before you meet them for the first time. So um, um, it, it's occurred to me that that in, in, in or as a result of all this good feeling that the social dimension may be sort of pushing the mission a little bit into the background. And when you push the mission into the background, um, you lose sight of the fact that the ship is sinking even faster today than it was four and a half years ago when we started the program. And so if we felt the sense of urgency four and a half years ago, uh, we should feel even more urgency now because the ship is sinking faster. We're, we're nowhere near the... Uh, Sort of the tip over point where we can feel, where we can say honestly that uh, because of Appleseed, the, the ship is uh, not sinking as fast as it was. I got a hunch that's going to be at least two years down the road, and maybe as much as maybe as much as five or six years down the road. And that's assuming that we keep this growth, uh, this, the, these growth projections up that that you know we're using as goals, which is to double every year. Right, right, and that's exactly. Uh... That's exactly right. Is that uh, that you think that as much as we've been doing that it, it that it is slowing it down, uh, but right now it's not. Uh, right now, uh, even if we were at the hundred thousand mark, I'm not sure that that would even put any type of a of a break on it. Uh, uh, so we're we're going to have to keep going uh, faster and faster. To get this done now, a little bit earlier we were talking about uh, about just one of the things that might uh, help us achieve that, and that is the uh, the New York Times article that uh, is coming out. And uh, uh, we talked about uh, the the possible effects that uh, it would bring to us, and and I, I'm thinking that we're going to see a big wave of folks coming in out of this. Well, I certainly like to think that. We we have no basis, uh, uh, you know, no no knowledge basis on which to project, uh, you know, a lot of people or, or even a few people because we never never dealt with, uh, you know, the audience that the New York Times reach, reaches. And of course, we don't know we don't know what the article is going to say. But um, there were some some there was a struggle between uh, there, there, there was a struggle of the article and, and which resulted in several redrafts and somehow I get the feeling that those redrafts were not to make Appleseed look better. They were probably to uh, adhere to some editorial points that the New York Times wants to make whenever the subject of guns come up. Right. So I've got a hunch that this this is not gonna this is not gonna be an Appleseed press release for sure. And the question is. Um, you know how bad are we going to be um, hit with hatchets uh, in, in this particular article? And it could be that people who read the New York Sunday Times magazine, a lot of them can read between the lines and they understand what the what the usual trappings are 
that would be, you know, anytime New York Times publishes something about guns, I'm sure it goes to the usual suspects to get quotes, you know, the Brady campaign and, uh, you know, other groups like that. Right. So um, we don't know. We don't, we don't know what the outcome of that's going to be. I hope I hope we'll get uh, a boost. You know, we could get a thousand. If we got a thousand, that would be a pretty good boost. And that's only anybody got an idea of what a thousand is in terms of the 1.3 or 1.6 million readers of the New York Sunday Times magazine. I mean, no, but uh, percent, right. <laughs> it's like a tenth of a percent. Tenth of a percent. Okay. Well, that might be doable. One percent, maybe. So we might we might get a thousand, we might get a thousand out of it. Right, right, and and that might be a good thousand because uh, if if the program grows by word of mouth, and uh, uh, when I say get a thousand out of it, I guess I'm talking about um, I don't know if I'm talking about a thousand people signing up for an apple cedar yet. Would that be too? Yeah, no, that would that would be right because if we're talking about the percentages, that would be the same. That would kind of transfer to the same percentage turnout as like the return on handing out flyers of how many people show up to an event because you hand out flyers mm-hmm. and it's it's like a point of a percent and uh, mm-hmm. so that would be the number of of people that actually would show up and I'm I got to tell you I I feel like it's going to be a greater amount than that and I know just like what you were saying is uh and I tell folks this whenever I talk to them about uh about reporters and apple seed etc is that uh the reporter is never, I don't care what they tell you or, or how they phrase it or what they say or, or how much they smile at you or tell you how good your jacket looks or, or you know, or anything else is that uh, they're not your friends. Uh, they're not there normally. Uh, they're not there to push Appleseed. They're there to do their job, which is to sell advertising or newspapers or, uh, or whatever else. And the only way they can really do that is by making their story stand out from the others. And the only way you can usually do that – now, you could do that with Appleseed because it it is something worthy of that <clears throat> without tweaking it. But uh, mm-hmm. but it's also easily tweakable to get those extra 15 or 20 miles out of it. And they can make it controversial to sell more ads or more papers or to tweak more people. But even when they do, you know, I look at the uh, – the folks that came to Appleseed, and we were talking about this earlier, uh, we're still getting folks coming from the Alex Jones interview that Sam D did. So, and those, a lot of those folks, when they first showed up, were uh, were definitely had a different state of mind or a different opinion about uh, about what Appleseed was or about what Appleseed should be doing. But our program is so strong, the message is so strong that uh, you know. Uh, by the end of the apple seed, they're they're ready. They're ready to hear the message and and get on board with us. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not uh, I'm not fearful of the folks that are going to show up because they're going to be the good folks uh, that we're looking for. And uh, and I was telling the folks earlier here too is that uh, you know if it was really way overboard, then you know uh, the other thing is that it. Is you will have uh, will have at least some form of parity now with other newspapers. So now the New York Times has done an article on us. So now we can talk to the Washington Post, uh, uh, some of these other newspapers, and ask them 
to come out and do an article because now we're at that level. And, uh, you know, any time that somebody does something, covers something in the news, everybody else jumps on it uh, to give it their, their spin. So I'm hoping that happens mm-hmm. with this article. Well, it's kind of ironic that the spin they're going to put on Appleseed is going to uh, have a strong odor of militia attached to it. They're going to want to say that we're facilitating that, even if we're not uh, you know, deliberately um, training militia people. But they're going to say we're, we're, we're facilitating training militia people in some sense. And uh, the irony is that uh, <clears throat> this is the only program I know that has the capability to convert militia people into regular people. Exactly. But that doesn't sell newspapers. So No, I probably don't sell <laughs> newspapers. But you're exactly right. You know, if anybody was really worried about that, if they came to the Appleseed program, they would see that what you said is exactly right, is that people can show up at, a, at an Appleseed event, and they'll be, they could be the most dyed-in-the-wool, uh, I'm going to be in my bunker waiting for them to, to take it from my cold, dead hands. And by the end of the event, you, by the end of the event, you can see that we've actually lifted a heavy burden from their shoulders. They finally realize they don't have to uh, to uh, have it pried from their cold, dead fingers in their bunker because they can fix it before it ever gets to that point. Now, you actually see, like, relief in people's eyes uh, at, the, at the end of events when they realize that that's the message that we're giving. <clears throat> so I'm very excited. Uh, I'm very excited about the whole prospect of this. Now, Ed is supposed to come on. Uh, I'm just kind of lost my chat server here, but uh, Ed is going to come on and just a little while and talk about. Uh, uh, I know that you put uh, uh, B9 in charge of the winter seeds, but if you could just give us a quick uh, overview of it before he comes on, uh, on what you have planned or what we're planning on the Apple Project is planning as far as the winter program this year. Well, we actually we actually recently announced two new programs. And uh, one was one is to address a long-term systemic uh, problem in Appleseed, and that is that every winter we we seem to go dormant. We we almost go into hibernation. So November, December, January, February, March are are months where um, most of the Appleseed instructors seem to take the take the winter off. So um, understanding that as this program grows and doubles every year, we soon are going to run out of months of the year, uh, we need to make sure that every month is uh, carrying its load. So um, what we recently announced was the, was the project Winter Seed, which is a challenge to states to have more apple seeds scheduled for, for the five coldest months of the year uh, than they have for the five warmest months. And uh, so that would be like November, December, January, February, March. One of the things that came out of the uh, recent uh, uh, data that uh, we collected on each of the states is that probably 95% of the states or 90% of the states or more uh, don't have apple seeds in January, February. And quite a few don't have apple seeds in March, which means the first three months of the year uh, there's virtually zero apple seeds in those states. Then when you add in there's very few apple seeds in the last two months of the year, you're looking at five months out of the year with no apple seed activity. So that's like 
we're only we're only using we're throwing away forty percent of the year. And uh, you know it's done for a reason because it's harder to have apple seeds in uh, in, in bad weather. For some states like New Mexico and Arizona, it's tough to have them in the summer because it gets so hot. In fact, judging by some of the after action reports for apple seeds for the last month or two, it's been hot all over the country, and the heat has been affecting uh, not only turnout but it's been affecting people at apple seeds. I mean, there's a need to take more water breaks, a need to get in out of the sun. Um, uh, it's just you know, it's not the best time of year to uh, to actually enjoy an apple seed, and usually we find that when the weather turns bad like that, it's usually the tougher people that show up. Yeah, I right. expect it's going to be the same this winter on the uh, on the winter apple seed trail. We'll probably have uh, we'll probably see the tougher people show up. I mean, there's going to be states uh, uh, like Wisconsin, and I think Wisconsin had an apple seed back in February or. Uh, where the, I think the temperature got down to zero, and it was pretty cold out there. But on the other hand, people in Wisconsin are used to cold weather, so uh, it, it, <laughs> it, I think they found themselves uh, admitting that it was possible to have apple seeds in the winter and uh, you know shoot when there's a foot and a half or two feet of snow on the ground. And right, and we're going to have to do that if we're going to you know if we're going to make uh, you know. Apple seed, a twelve-month-year program. Right, and there, and it does fall a bit in the, in the heat of the summer. I mean, it does uh, it does cycle up and down because even in uh, uh, I did a couple of shoots uh, the last uh, two weekends in New York. <clears throat> and you think that being up in the uh, the north it would be nice and cool, but that wasn't the case. It was. Uh, it was hot and steamy, high 90s and uh, and high humidity. Now mm-hmm. here in Davila, it's uh, it's just uh, in the 100s, but it's a dry heat. So it's a uh, it is rough getting folks to stand out in the heat. Now, of course, here in Davila, you already you said that uh, we could put up some overhead cover here, so I'm looking forward to that. But uh, I talked to Dwarven in uh, in New England. And uh, he said, uh, which is what I thought anyway, is that those guys live up there. They live in that that cold. Uh, it's not like they uh, they just got off the plane uh, from Florida and it's cold in there and they're freezing. They live up in that cold and they they uh, they're used to it. And uh, they should be able to go out there and tromp down the snow, uh, you know, from the firing line to the target, so they can have a shooting lane and uh, get down in the cold and shoot. I mean, that's. Uh, that's part of living in that part of the country. Mm-hmm. But I understand also that, that most people live in their houses all winter. I mean, it's probably a fairly rare person that goes out, uh, you know, on a cold Saturday and spends 8 or 10 or 12 hours uh, out, out in cold weather. So I understand that they live there uh, all winter long, but most of them live inside their houses. So it, it, it's still going to be a challenge for people to get out there. And, and you know, in a way, that the challenge could add something for a lot of people who who may be thinking about going to a, to a, a winter seed. Right. Well, it's just it's it's going to need to be pushed because uh we've got to even out the dates and then you know, I was looking at the uh, over the the last 2 years uh Margaret had posted uh the the shoots and stuff in 
uh, for the last couple of years. And and across the board, even in the warm states, the January-February shoots were way off. And mm-hmm. uh, there, there really shouldn't have been any reason for that. Uh, I know that there's inclement weather uh, here in Texas, uh, you're you're bound to get uh, cold rain or something like that. We always do, uh, but we have the shoots anyway. Uh, we always have uh, uh, January shoots, February shoots, February boot camp, and uh, and we just deal with it. But across the nation, there is there seems to be a really low turnout of the January, February, March events, which which I, I don't understand because, uh, personally, that's the time when I would want to be out uh, uh, shooting. You know, I, I much prefer uh, having a jacket on shooting than uh, than stripped down to a loincloth in the gravel shooting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, we, want, we want to see video. <laughs> yeah, we're it would, just it would, not, that it would not, be pr- not be pretty. <laughs> uh, I'm not, I no longer have my Johnny Weissmuller physique, so... <laughs> well, but there, what, but we, what, what we need to do is we need to rekindle the spirit that was that was much more prevalent early in the program, and that's the spirit of improvise, adapt, and overcome. And I still remember it was our third apple seed in Evansville back in '06, uh, which uh, was the still has the record of being the biggest apple seed. And we showed up there Friday night, and it looked like uh, the heavens were going to be pouring all weekend, and and uh, there was only the 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 um, one of the ranges, the rifle range was like um, 200 feet wide, and uh, but there was only half of it that had had an overhead cover. So that Friday night we built another 90 feet of overhead cover, and you know there was no talking about it, no debating about it or anything. It just so happened that there were a lot of materials that were there, old pipe and stuff like that that we could build a structure out of. And I don't recall where the tarps came from, but but by Saturday morning we had, uh, instead of having just the um, 70 or 80 or 90 feet of existing firing line, we had a firing line that was covered all the way across. And uh, you you don't really hear much about that happening at Appleseeds now. And it may be something that you know we're going to have to hit harder. That our our, our folks who go and put on apple seeds uh, should be prepared to put up temporary uh, overhead shelters. I mean, the one that we put up in in Evansville, uh, as I said, was made out of iron pipe. It had to be that way because it, it was so windy that plastic pipe wouldn't have worked. Uh, but we put it up Friday and we took it down Saturday uh, Sunday night. So um, yeah, we're going to probably have to. Um, Get some more of that spirit back in back in the program because it it made a difference for the people who were there that weekend, and it, it's going to make a difference. Uh, it's going to make a difference in dry weather, like um, you know, dry summer weather. Dry, I mean, of course, when it's not raining. I don't mean dry in terms of humidity, but uh, it's going to make a difference there if we put up overhead shelters just to get shade for people. Okay, Fred, we got uh, Hawk. Hawk is calling in. Uh, Hawkhaven, the yeah. English lady said we got 60 seconds uh, for uh, for going out live. Uh, I'm here. What you need? 
I I don't know. We we just want to hear your voice, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Too many ads uh, here tonight. They just I just got sent a message saying Hawks on the line, get him on. I said okay. Okay. Hey, I tell you, we did have a great shoot here in Indiana last weekend. I was only there for part of it, but uh, Tech Res and crew had a a valiant crew of uh, shooters out in the heat. They made three new riflemen, including a lady that had not shot very much before, and by Sunday early afternoon she was uh, whipping out some 220s, I think it was. And a uh, great time was had by all. The program works. Okay, listen, we don't have to we don't have to go off right now, but I'm going to tell everybody, listen, we're going to go off in about uh, five seconds. We'll go off live, and then uh, we'll probably wrap it up here in the next few minutes. But uh, if you need, if we, if you want to hear it, it'll be in the archives. So anything that you that you lose in the next uh, five seconds or so will be in the archives, and we'll see you guys next Tuesday night. Thanks, everybody. Okay, <clears throat> okay so go ahead. Uh, we can keep we can continue on. It'll just go into the archives instead of going out live. Okay, Hawk Haven, you've got the floor. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I've just been sitting here uh, crunching numbers tonight, getting ready for uh, the next push. Well, what you were saying about the getting the overhead cover and stuff like that, and uh, and the uh, uh, adapt, improvise, overcome. I, I certainly uh, agree with that, and uh, it, it's not as rough and tough as it used to be, but we still need to keep that. We need to keep that frame of mind, that frame of reference, uh, as far as uh, as getting as planning on getting out there and getting the shoot done, no matter what. Uh, that time of the doing the winter shoots in the inclement weather, uh, doing the summer shoots in the heat, uh, putting up the overhead cover, like you said, uh, we did that in New York uh, at Burlington Flats uh, two weeks ago, <clears throat> and. Uh, uh, and we got to see it was kind of like an experiment because they had all the overhead cover up, uh, but some of them were not staked down. And uh, so we got mm-hmm. to see a good experiment of what happens, of the difference between staking down a, a $400 garage cover uh, and not staking one down in a thunderstorm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> because the one you didn't stake down, uh, first it... Uh, First, it ripped through the one that you did stake down, and then it took off downrange. And uh, <laughs> oh no, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then we've had plenty of, uh, uh, we just had plenty of good improvise, uh, adapt, and overcome shoots. Now, Fred, you were at the one uh, in, was it Arizona or Nevada? Uh, the uh, Phoenix. You're referring to Phoenix, where the. Uh, Wind was exploding the. Uh, uh, yeah, it was shredding the back The target stands, and uh, actually, since it was blowing toward the firing line, every so often somebody would yell out incoming, and you'd look up and see pieces of two by two and and cardboard heading heading in your direction. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was <laughs> yeah, that because was I remember seeing the photographs of that, and it was it wasn't just dust that was hitting you guys. It was like pea-sized gravel. Mm-hmm. And then you guys yeah. went out and you staked it down with rope and baling wire and everything else, and you guys kept shooting even though every single other group uh, on the range cleared out. Yep, yep. My favorite story that time was standing on the firing line and uh, just catching the glimpse over my shoulder. It was a concrete firing line, and seeing this piece of the short piece of six by six, which um, I suppose they were somebody was using to. Uh, 
as a rest on one of the benches. But anyway, it was rolling down the uh, it was rolling down the concrete, uh, pushed by the wind. And, and you know, I thought to myself, you don't see that every day. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I tell you what, one of the adapt and overcome stories that I remember. And actually, this one has to do with you, Fred, because uh, uh, it was in the first, uh, I think it was either in either 2007 or maybe the beginning of 2008, and we didn't have any instructors. And uh, and you got sent out to out to the northwest somewhere for an event. And uh, when you got there, there was nobody there. At the oh, event. that was uh, yeah, that would have been Worland, Worland, Wyoming. Right, right. Maybe and we we were getting know. reports from Fred. <laughs> there was nobody there, but that that did not mean that Fred was not going to adapt and overcome. He he searched out the range. He went back and forth to the range until he found somebody and drug them over to the line and started uh, giving them the apple seed spiel. Well, actually, uh, maybe you're thinking about a different instance, but the one I'm thinking about, I got out of the car. There was a whole line of cars there at the lock gate, and uh, I'd already tried to call people, that, you know, the contact numbers I'd been given and got got answering machines. So uh, when I got out of the car, I just turned around and looked back at all these, all these people lined up and asked the stupid question of the year, which is, does anyone have a key to this lock? And, uh, fortunately, a guy had pulled up. Just after we got there, and he was getting out of his car, he said, yeah, I got one. He said, I signed up to be a member of this club after the last apple seed. And he said, I've never been back since because I live 60 miles away. This is my first time back. And wouldn't you know, he brought a key to the range. Oh, man. Uh, worked out good. Now, we uh, we have had quite a few. Uh, almost all of our winter shoots here have been very, very nasty. I mean, we've got almost like a 999 record of uh, our winter shoots here being nasty. And I think Mog and Sam and I were talking about this earlier, that we thought that when we left the military, our days of uh, of purposely putting ourselves into inclement weather were over. Or rather, I should say, we weren't doing it purposely then. We were being forced to. But we thought the days of us being forced to do it were over, uh, and they're <laughs> not. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, that was pretty... Uh, and we do it, and the guys all do it. Even the folks like uh, the only person that uh, that uh, now Mark Alonzo, he hates cold, uh, but he's out there in the cold, wet rain, shivering uncontrollably, uh, giving his uh, his spiel. The only difference is is that uh, the minute we get through with the event, he races to the hotel instead of uh, camping out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I ah, that's not that's not dumb at all. <laughs> But I agree, and I, I think that uh, I, I think that we can rekindle that. I was hoping that Ed was going to call in and uh, and talk to us and give us some of his plans about how he's planning on doing that. But uh, we'll try and get him on next week and get him to do that. Uh, did anybody have anything else that they needed? To, I'm sorry. He's planning on the tenth. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think yeah. he's planning right. on coming on the tenth. Okay. Well, uh, did anybody else have anything that they wanted to get out? Nope. Thanks a lot. Nope, we're good here. Okay, well, listen. Fred, thank you. Morgan, thank you. Sam D., uh, Hawkhaven. Uh, and, Hawk, if you're at home, I'm going to give you a call in just a few minutes. Uh, and uh, thanks to everybody out there who is listening. Thanks to all the folks in the online chat. 
And uh, we'll see everybody uh, this next uh, Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Central. Thank you, and God bless everybody. Later. All right.